All right, so to start this next segment, I'm going to pass this around. Okay. And you pick a card. Don't look at it right away. Try not to. And then we'll read it out loud. This is your card. You'll so face it down? Yeah. yeah. Of course, these nails. Okay. Wait, that's face up. <laughs> I didn't look at it. I didn't look at it. She cheated. She cheated. I didn't look at it. This face up, but then that's face up. <laughs> there you go. Wait, you got a weird card. Is yeah, that two no, cards? It's, it's face down. No, it's, it's is face that, down. Is that one card? Yeah, it's one. It looks like two or three cards. Oh, it's yeah, there's two cards. That's two cards. Oh, okay. Or three. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Because you're excited. Oh, okay. So the reason why it's excited is my life word is creativity. And okay. it says here, creative life. Wow. The artist's way. People frequently believe the creative life is grounded in fantasy. The more difficult truth is that creativity is grounded in reality. In the particular, the focus, the well-observed, or the specifically imagined. Okay. So what do you feel like that means in your life right now? For me, like where I get my inspiration, uh, when I create. So it's not from just my fantasy, right? Something from either reality, like I'm very sure I'm gonna write a piece about this today, um, and, or something in particular. If I just focus hard enough on something, I can create it. Yeah. You know, like I can get it from my mind to right here, like that. Cool. So mine is recovering, and recovering from our creative blocks, it is necessary to go gently and slowly what we are after here is the healing of old wounds, not the creation of new ones. Ooh. What do you think about that? Um, so recently I stopped performing, um, I think almost three months ago. Yeah. And I've been delving into expanding my business, Mary and Tiffany. Yeah. And so uh, Ebony is actually my creative director and marketing genius. She's got me uh, depicting this as a love practitioner. Yeah. So um, love is the religion I practice. Yeah. And in the medicine of it, it's very much medicinal to bring love into certain areas of ailment. Yeah. And so with the couples that I help um, with their intimacy, their communication, and just their overall, you know, greatness, we don't just talk about the surface things they remember. We go deeper than that. Because yeah. the whole process is to eradicate their go-to responses. That way, you're paying attention to her body language and you realize traffic was frustrating as opposed to it's your problem that you have to fix. Mm -hmm. And then finding that channel is a lot more effective because you recover from the uncovering. You know, you go to therapy, they pull the weeds, you know, and, and then you're to tend to your garden. Whereas yeah. I'm able to get to the source and reconstruct the, the perspective of it. So now you're enlightened to see the picture. Yeah. So as far as you, like as you and, and your creativity and your healing and recovering, how do you feel like that has helped you transition from performing mainly? And that's a healing practice to what you're doing now. It feels more effective now that I'm delivering healing words and not giving the depiction that I'm going to entertain you. Yeah. And it just, it, it feels so much more authentic. Last year, um, one of the first tracks I recorded for my album was Authenticity. Yeah. And it starts with, you know, I think it's necessary to be authentic. What mm -hmm. sense is there to stand in front of crowds of people and allow them to see you if you don't allow them to see you? Right. Yeah. So in my uprooting for others, I'm still able to dig and delve for myself. Yeah. And it's a two birds on stone process. Like I told you, I'm for that. 
That's what's up. That's what's up. Cool. All right. Mine is tuning in. Art is an act of tuning in and dropping down the well. It is as though the stories, paintings, music, and performances in the world live just under the surface of our normal consciousness. Hmm. So what do you think about that? I feel like this is an everyday thing, like tuning in to your environment to, yeah. to know what to do next. I yeah. mean, a lot of people are just living life, not tuned in. They're going day to day, going to jobs, and they're not tuned in like, oh my gosh, I need to sit down, look at the sky, thank the universe for where I'm at. A lot of people are trying to catch something. Yeah that they're not tuned into mm-hmm. right now. And then they look up and they're like, damn, it's already six months into mm-hmm. 2019. Yeah. Well, why? Because you're not tuned into your environment. Yeah. You're not, you know, going outside and planting something or just just sitting outside and putting your feet in the grass. You know, yeah. if you don't, and if you don't have those, those options, just going to a park, yeah. you know, cause some people live in apartments, they don't have all that, but just going yeah. into nature or getting around your family and feeling the 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 the, mm. the 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 pulse and what mm. everybody's feeling because a lot of times you go to family events you get around hey 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 how you been what you been doing but you're not really feeling your sister yeah. what is she really going through you know Ooh. so that's that's how I feel about that okay part. that deep on us that passion came out <laughs> so as far as like acting you told me about how you and I watched the video. I was like, wait a minute! I ain't never heard you talk about acting, and you just busted on screen and just killing it. So like, how did that happen? So a good friend of mine, Erica, reached out to me. Yeah. And she asked me to do it. I was like, no. You know, when I was younger, my my mother tried to get me into singing and this yeah. and that. But I went through a lot in life. I yeah. really I, I created a lot of social anxieties or anxieties around my performances and my my craft. And so I was just like, no, 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 I didn't think I can do it. So she's like, I really need you to do this. So yeah. I'm the most, I have the worst procrastination <laughs> um, issue in the world. So yeah, I, I will, I will read a script. So I was like, okay, fine. My anxiety about it was so, so, so bad that I didn't read this. I read the script when she first sent it to me, but I didn't practice until like two nights before, like yeah. over and over and over. And I just got into, I don't, I don't know what happens. Like, I just, I feel that character. Yeah. Like, Channel. yeah, it, it's, it's just, it just, it just comes into me. Like all hey. of a sudden I'm Brandy, like walking around the house <laughs> and was like, oh, hey Brandy, you know, like it's just that's one of those things. And when I, when I told my family about it, they were like, you've always been, like, that's always been you. Like, wow. that's always been your thing, seeing, acting, entertaining. Like I'm always, it used to say I was annoying, but it wasn't that I was annoying. It was just, I was always entertaining. And I was always, you know, <laughs> all up in everybody's face, yeah. you know, but it's just when you're for something the universe is just going to put you there whether you Mm -hmm. like it or not yeah it is just it's just what's going to happen if you're aligning Mm -hmm. if you're aligning to the frequency that you need to or you're going to just hit the wall and hit the wall and hit the wall until eventually you give in (laughs) right 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 exactly so tell us more about the film what's it called so about and who is ready okay so um it's called 30 
Oh, I've seen that. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, it will be airing in September on Amazon Prime. Hey. hey. So check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Hey. Um, Brandy is a single woman. Um, that is just a very open, free-spirited type of woman that just kind of goes with the flow based on the person that she's dating as far as monogamy, you know, being, uh uh-huh. That's kind of what she's into, but she had, she's, that's really her role right now. And then she has a best friend that she's trying to support through a really bad breakup, something like that. They're kind of going back and forth, but yeah. So that's who she is, but she's super free spirited. Yeah. Like, she kind of reminds me of the free spirit on Girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's okay. kind of who she reminds me of. Okay. That's that's who I would say she is. That's and thirty true. is basically turning thirty, dating. Are you married to the person that you wanted to be with when you were, you know, in college or yeah. you know, all these different things? When you mm-hmm. turn thirty, who are you? Right. You know, I, I, and a lot of us are going through that. Like, yeah. who are you when you're thirty? You think you're you're you have everything figured out when you're thirty, and then thirty shows up and you feel like you're still twenty one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what have I been doing? Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Yep, is yep, it yep. LGBT? Is it like an LGBT? It's definitely queer. Okay. Definitely. Um, we have some straight roles, gay roles, lesbian roles, yeah. open roles, everything you can think of. It's interracial. Not really into spirituality. I mean, there is some spiritual stuff that's in there, but it's not like Christian yeah. based or. But there's some spirituality in there too. She kind of just puts, yeah, all of it. And who and therapy? Who made, who put it together? Erica Randall. Okay. Cool. Yeah. That's what's up. Yeah. Hey. September Amazon, Amazon Prime, y'all. I'm gonna save my free trial to September. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to wait on it. I'm going to hold it. Hold out on it. Hold out on it. That's what's up. Okay, let me see. Nurture. I got nurture. My card is nurture. As an artist, I must be very careful to surround myself with people who nurture my artists, not people who try to overly domesticate it for my own good. For my Mm. own good. That's interesting. Mm. What does that mean to you? Yeah. That's interesting. So, dang. That's pretty interesting. So I think for me, it basically means, and I think just me as an artist, because whenever they talk about the artist way, it basically talks about like your inner being, your inner soul. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're, you know, talking about. And I feel like my family, I come from a family of entrepreneurs and stuff like that. So they're hype about me owning businesses and stuff like that. But being an artist and having my own music and promoting mm-hmm. that, they're like, uh, Mm-hmm. All right, it's cool. So it's like, Don't, it, have they listened to it though? Have oh, you? Like, yes, girl. Are you singing? Yes, girl. Mm-hmm. And the tape and the CD. Like, you know, it's crazy though because I guess like in some aspects, not to cut you off, but like it's just yeah. wow. But they're just not the target market. Like, exactly. Like, what's your yeah, creating? Yeah, yeah. I feel like all the stuff that we create, even I, I just text your wife, it was like, yo, yo get, let's get in the studio. <laughs> like, the things that we create right now, like if it was just for what we have access to, then it would be nothing and no value. And it'd be like, eh, you know, yeah. whatever. Not only that, um, in my book, Spark a Dream, I have this chapter called Be Your Own Cheerleader. It's mm-hmm. going to be some things that only mean something to you yeah. and that you have to motivate yourself. And when you reach your goal, only you going to clap. And that has to be sufficient. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah, that's very true. Because I've been experiencing that because like I definitely feel like I'm transitioning to more of being 
an artist more mm-hmm. like for me this is me being You're at artist. home yeah. yeah and like for a while for years i've had this place for two years now and for the most part it's been i've been helping other people all the time but i haven't been utilizing it for myself mm-hmm. and so now i'm starting to like okay i'm gonna do my <laughs> podcast i'm gonna have my ep i'm gonna have my stuff mm-hmm. and be a creative myself there you go since you need some stuff for some airplay on the radio yeah like like you literally but you know what so the construct like i started told you your families before i had a job or an apartment yeah. And everybody was like, well, wait till you can do this. Wait yeah, till you can do that. But I'm like, it. but no, because exactly. I know what is needed. Yeah. Help me get it. Exactly. But like, even like the, the constructs for you, you've been creating. Yeah. Like, you have a whole archive of, yeah. of poems. Yeah. Of- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, she was in the apartment. I had, I had my, I had my studio <laughs> in the apartment complex. She was coming over recording. Like, she's seen In the closet, from, in bro. In the closet. Yeah. <laughs> in, in the closet. closet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And make it hit. Literally. Yeah. So, yeah. And I've just released my first EP. Just. I've been doing this for, like, over 10 years. Yeah, but yeah. think about it. Like, so, Jamie Foxx was an actor first. But yeah. he had... He had a whole archive. Yeah, that's like, true. and I think that's genius. Like between him, Martin, anybody that like you know hits the screen just yeah. so they become a household name, you'll go back and find it. Like we might be yeah. late on the stuff that was created, but yeah, it lives. There's still that residual. Yeah, that's cool. So do y'all feel like growing up gay has affected like your self confidence, your self esteem in? the area of like career wise and following your dreams. Cause I feel like, I feel like it could, I feel like it does. For me as an artist, as a music artist, I think about like people have told me like the world's not ready for you. You should be in the background or you should be somebody's songwriter, somebody's producer. Maybe they'll let you be on stage or whatever, be in front of people. So do y'all feel like that has ever hindered your confidence in going forward with Oh, definitely. So, um, I inherited an organization on campus when I was matriculating called GLASS. Yeah. And its original name was Gay and Lesbian, or Gay, Lesbian, African American Student Society. Yeah. And, you know, I was on a black university. We meet, hide on fifth floor in the library, talk about our frustrations and how we're going to make it through. And when I inherited it, I also inherited some straight students. So it became Gay, Lesbian, and Straight Students. And we would meet every week um, on the yard. And I made a really big transition to making sure we were present. But when one of my members, uh, after graduating, came back to Houston to go to a show, she saw me perform at my church. And then she was like, you know, I write too. I'd love to go to a, a production or something where I can share my work. Yeah. And just so happened it was a particular, you know, day that she could go somewhere. So she meets me at the venue. She stopped at the door. And she was like, well, I mean, I'll pay to get in. I just, you know, wanted to sign up. And they're like, oh. Like the curator of the event started to sweat profusely. Like like he, he just could not let her in this room. Oh. And I remember just feeling so embarrassed, not because of the interaction, but because I welcomed her here. I literally put my word on, this is a good place to come to, what we would call now a safe space. Yeah. And it completely, I haven't seen her since. We still interact, yeah. but just the shame of, of seeing that, yeah. I stopped going to shows. Like I, I found myself only creating in my own spaces. So it was cool because I became a curator, caught me some venues and you yeah. know, we made it happen and, and we sold out shows, but I would never allow myself to go back into a capacity which limited me yeah. on my reach, on reaching somebody in that room. Yeah. Um, Why did that happen? 
Because she was gay. Did she would did she look more She was a stud, yeah. Okay. She had a fade, she had on boy clothes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um she still gives her words, but yeah. not to the capacity that she could have. Exactly. And I, I know I'm a defender. Like yeah. I literally have seen issues my entire life and done something to fix them. Yeah. Um I recently got my job involved in the Pride Parade, which was historical for me because in this city they don't yeah they don't they don't do what the company does mm -hmm. and so i i've endured all types of backlash and re retaliation from me making a stance but so i would say yeah, no um my being gay does not prohibit uh an excuse for me to say oh i can't get this done i can't get that done but yeah. i know in my younger days it definitely was a hindrance because that was something i wasn't trying to to, to fight you know if, if yeah. you believe it is so if you believe this is not okay, then let me not be in your presence. Because what you're not gonna do is knock it down. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel like I, you know, begrudged somebody an opportunity that I could have advocated for. Yeah. So yeah, kind of. Yeah. Cool. Not really, not really. Just because I guess my my makeup, yeah. you know. Um, but I'm very open about it yeah. in my you know career and stuff like that. I just haven't. I haven't experienced discrimination about it, at least not to my face. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah, I'm the same way. I never thought of like um, when I go for a career um, advancement, I never like, oh, they're gonna think I'm gay. You know, they're gonna see I'm gay and not give it to me. It never, like, it never crosses my mind. Matter of fact, before I go in there, I feel like I have to represent for gay people, you know what I'm saying, mm -hmm. to create a bigger avenue for them to advance like put more people who look like us in leadership positions and then i think about you know black people too like i gotta go in here and represent for us that's yeah. how i feel and then i go in there kill it and then boom yeah that's a conversation too yeah. uh and i'll say i definitely think it has affected me um because one i feel like there's a seed that started when I was a child, as far as like hearing my family talk about gay people, mm -hmm. whenever they'd see like a masculine woman, oh, that's sick, or mm -hmm. a feminine man, that's sick. Mm -hmm. So you're like, okay, something sick is going on. You talk about me, you don't know you talk about me, but you talk mm -hmm. about me. So, you know, and all this different type of stuff. So overcoming that and then growing up wanting to be an artist, a music artist, and you don't see anybody like you, mm -hmm. and then people are telling you, ain't nobody like you, and it's not gonna happen. So you have to like, basically know that nine times out of ten you can't depend on network to get you there and i've experienced a lot as far as wanting to perform in houston and dealing with stupidity from mm -hmm. people like uh one guy i told you about who i was cool with as far as poetry when i first had the desire to perform poetry when i was like i think i was like 21 or 22 mm -hmm. and um we were cool until I came out, and then he was like, you're gonna burn in hell for your lust, cause you're drunk off your lust for women. And I'm like, wait a minute now. I'm still a virgin. I was a virgin for a long time <laughs> after that too. So I'm just like, wait, how? And basically it was like blackballed. There's a situation where I was in the community with, um, after all the shootings happened with like Mike Brown and stuff like that. And I went and I wanted to, uh, they had a conversation about black relationships and basically at some point somebody's like, well, men is over here acting like women twerking and, and women are acting like men and all this gay stuff, whatever, they talk about gay people. And I stood up and said what I felt, which I was like, gay people are one minority and I don't think they have anything to do with straight people's relationship. So whatever, but I still wanted to work in the community 
And I went to the front and was like, you know, how can I be a part of this community? And they were like, we're not trying to be that diverse. And I'm like, whoa, diverse. <laughs> this is like, so that makes me, I want to turn to like, how do y'all feel about being minority and gay? And have you had discrimination from your own cultures, your own races, as far as LGBT? Or have you seen it happen? You ain't seen it. No. I, <laughs> so I'm mixed. So that's so a whole already. that's a whole, and I grew up in South Park. Yeah. Hey, South Park. But that comes with a whole story. It comes with so much because a, I'm biracial. I'm an Afro Latina on top of that. So I didn't understand why my my why my dad was black and spoke Spanish. I was so confused. And people at school, they were like, "You ain't really black. You're Mexican. You're just a dark Mexican." Okay, so then the Mexicans didn't want to deal with me because mm-hmm. I was too black. They really, so I already had that type of issue growing up. And then my mother didn't raise me and she's white. And she's very ignorant when it comes to different cultures. For example, she didn't really think that I was black because my father's from Cuba. Yeah, so she's mm-hmm. American white. So my mom, so my mom is born in Belgium, half Native American from New Mexico. My my grandfather on my mother's side was in the military and he met my grandmother in Belgium when he was um stationed there. Yeah. Okay. My father, he's from Cuba. He came down from Cuba when he was like thirteen. He was in the military and met my mom in Colorado Springs where I was born. Hey, me too. Okay, yeah. Um so there's that. Now my grandmother, my father's side, she passed before I ever got to know her. She was like a Taino, Jamaican, all this stuff. And my grandfather on my dad's side is Haitian. Mr. Haiti, Haiti, not Asian, Haitian. I was like, good. So that's that. Yeah. Now anyway, so having that mix here in Houston back in the ninety eighties, nineties, that was not what? that was so it was so confusing and thank and bless my stepmother's little heart because she used to tell me every day who I was you are a black woman you're just mixed and your parents are you know she had to tell me the history that's how i knew my 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 spirituality really keeps me connected to who i am yeah because i understand the history you know you have to go back to africa it's an african tradition so she really wanted me to understand who i was and my biological mom didn't really understand that because that's not her culture yeah you know and 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 they didn't they didn't they were married for a short period of time and my dad wasn't very into you know teaching people about who he was he was just cuba he was just who he was you know um but for me it was really hard it was really really hard then coming out as gay like that i didn't even care about that that was like i mean you gotta accept all of this i'm already all mixed up and i already cut my hair and you know in third grade yes they used to pull my hair i'd be walking down the hallway they pull on my hair like it was bad i was a misfit in high school so when it was time to like come out to be gay, it was like, okay, who wants to fight about this? Like, what's up? Like, KO. How many KOs you got? Only one. Okay. Only one. But um, but yeah. So, but no, but for real, like you know, so that just was like, okay, this is just something else. Like, what's up? Like, what y'all want? That's just kind of. I've always been kind of. I've been a minority, I've been there, having that. And a lot of people think that being mixed for some reason is superior. And it's not. 
it's not you struggle it's degraded by both sides or for her sake all of them all yeah, of every them. side what side do you Wait, okay and let me tell you this and it is so normal in the cuban culture to ask a mixed person who cleared your your blood or who purified your blood so what? when i get up yes when i get around and it, it's just a comment like nobody gets offended by it and they'll come and tell me so who cleared your blood or i don't know how to say it in english but yeah. la raza, and they're asking like who uplifted your race or who purified your blood what and it's that like mean? that means my <laughs> mother did tainted. that means my mother my mother purified my blood because she's white she's white so she cleansed my blood a little bit because she's white. Oh, so wow. if she wasn't, it still be considered tainted. So it, it and that's the thing. Like to me, it's super offensive, right? Yeah. But I feel like for yeah. them, it's just culture. their culture because I would of think the it would be the Cuban person. If, if they're Cuban, they would say your Cuban father cleansed your blood, not your white mother. I, that's what I would think. Well, it's it's just being. I mean, every every you have to remember we were colonized, so everything mm -hmm. purifies is white, right? Mm -hmm. Everything it's 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 white. So the terminology was clean. Yeah, clean exactly. But I mean, for me, like I'm 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 proud of my black roots. Like when they tell me that it's like, no, that there's no cleansing over here. I'm just I'm just mixed. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. you know, but they're referring to my mom, and it could be the blackest person in the room that will ask you that. Wow. Yep. <laughs> I've never heard that question. Me neither. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's interesting. So you get it from from everywhere, but it's still the yeah. blonde hair, blue eye thing out there that that's yeah. supposed to be. That's it. You the know, skin bleaching and uh -huh. all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just, it is, it's product of what we went through. You I think it's I mean? kind of similar to like, uh, now I'm processing, like I can tell that you're biracial. So like, which one of your parents is white? You know what I'm saying? That's what it sounds like. Like, is it your mom or is it your dad? Yeah, that's what they want to know. Yeah. They want to know what you're okay. your, your So that's how we would them. ask it. It sounds way less offensive, right? Like, oh. which one of your parents is white? Because I know you biracial, right? So um, that's what that's what it sounds like. How we would say it, like, oh, well, pre people typically be like, oh, what I hate to even say mixed because dogs are mixed people are biracial, right? right? So, or like, what are you? Yeah, what are you? Like, what, or they try to be more politically correct. What's your ethnicity? I hear people say that. I hear so much. What yeah. you mix with? Uh, people, with? people ask me that. <laughs> I'm like, uh, black and black. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. So, how have you been? How's it? I got so lost in my story. It was <laughs> interesting. Yeah, it was really great. What's your question? Everything yes. you are. Like, I didn't know about your mom and that because is your stepmom cuban so my stepmother is costa rican <laughs> i mean y'all want to keep going we can keep going so my, my stepmother is costa rican but in Cos in costa rica they have we have everything i mean yeah. there's everything there there's black there's asian because the asian people are usually like the engineers and stuff yeah you know um there's middle Easterns. there's everything there yeah. there's everything there so for her she didn't want me to she lose that did. part of myself. Yeah. She didn't want me to think like, oh, because you're not black from the United States, you're not black. Don't yeah. let anybody take that from you. Yeah. Um, but she's Costa Rican. She's like, looks like, um, I would say like an Aztec person, you know, yeah. she's got the eyes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. but she is That's like, interesting. You're a black woman. Oh, you're not black. So, how has your experience been with and it just basically just race relations in general 
Um, you know, when we were talking or listening to Renee, I was thinking about sitting at a table where uh, I was reflecting on uh, performance I did at a university. Mm -hmm. And so I was performing, um, I did a production where they had a, a dance ensemble at the university and it was right after Sandra Glenn's murder. Yeah. And so I asked them to incorporate snippets that we would recreate in the song so you would hear her voice and say yeah. her name. And so while we're doing the, the, the pregame before the event, I'm sitting at a table and all the ladies that are in the dance production are you know talking or what have you and the girl sitting next to me um she's like you know oh yeah i'm just not used to being at a university where i can wear you know skin tone tights i'm used to having to wear like you know white people and yeah. she's like you know 18 19 but that's how she whispered it right next to me yeah and so i go to this event um to celebrate someone's birthday and i was just like I'm just so pissed off about this little girl thinking like she was gonna mask some stupid comment or that I would be offended by it. And so the lady that was sitting to my left is um, a white woman and she was like, why would you say that? You're not white. <laughs> <laughs> now I have grown up literally on, the, on that spectrum of, okay, you're not, you're not, you're not black. Yeah. Cause you know, your mom's white. You ain't one of us. Cause your blood ain't clear. Like, so the, the yeah. whole, the whole concept is, okay, well, I learned Spanish when I moved to Texas and everybody yeah. thought I was Latina because I wouldn't talk to none of y'all <laughs> and I cussed them all out in Spanish. <laughs> but um, just the concept, like when I was a child, I was bullied. My yeah. hair was long, my eyes are green. Um, kids would ask me, you know, why I was so dark skinned, but my hair was so light. And I said I was German. Like I literally, like I grew up denying being black, mm. literally, wow. okay. Um, and I was like, um, because I, I got taught on like my mom being called a nigga lover. Like, wow. like I didn't understand these things. And I come home and ask the question. Yeah, I'm from Alabama. Yeah, I'm from Alabama. Like if you black or Why white. You, you black or white, okay? <laughs> well, I mean I I, mm, I didn't. Woo. I got stepped on in Alabama. I grew wow. here. Mm. But like for twelve years, this is what it was. I remember going home, um, probably like when I graduated high school. And they had like extended NASA and Boeing and they had all these engineers. That's one of the, like Huntsville, Alabama is one of the places you go if you want to have a profession like damn near rocket science. Yeah. And I remember seeing Indian people and, and Asian people in the airport and was like, where'd they come from? <laughs> yeah. You know, cause you just didn't see stuff like that. Yeah. Not where, I, not where I grew up. Yeah. So I know like in that aspect, it's just been, it's been really different, but I, uh, I date black women. I've never dated a white woman. I've never been in a capacity to be attracted to or have a conversation with one. I don't, I talk to my mom. Yeah. But like, even like the lady in the hospital I mentioned earlier, like I didn't even expect her to listen to me if I had something to say because she's white. Like I, I enter a room and feel as uncomfortable as she does. Yeah. But the conversations are never received as that because I'm mixed. Yeah. It is, it is literally labeled, oh, I passed the bag. So I get access. I, yeah. I have this, you know, privilege. I do not. Yeah. You know, okay. and, and it's it's just as defaming and degrading because I that that was like, oh, you're not white. I don't know why she told you like why she had to hide that from you because you're definitely not, not one of us. Yeah. And and that's that's just, you know, that's what it is. Yeah. So I, I checked other probably until I hit 30. So what did you check now? In. It depends on what I'm doing. Interesting. So I was just going to ask, like, do y'all feel like y'all have to choose? Because there's a lot of people that are like, you know, if you're 10% black, you're black. But, drop, Gwendolyn Brooks. Yeah, but it's like, I feel like if you have to choose, like, oh, I'm black, but you have all this other culture, all this other history, mm -hmm. all this other ancestors, right. you have all this otherness, then I feel like 
why not celebrate all of it and just let people catch up to whatever you are? The human should be added, right, as the race? Exactly. Because now are, it's just, it's, it's always been part, that. Right. Yeah. But now we're seeing it clear. Like, we can see that people are mixed now. And now we're like, okay, we got to have this conversation. But what's so crazy yeah. is I have friends who are completely black. Parents are y'all's complexion. They just came out looking just like me. Yeah. You know, and, and that in itself is, is a, it's an option I want. You know, like. Yeah. So do y'all feel like y'all have to choose? I don't feel like I get a choice. So for me, I think it's a little bit more complex because when you look at me, I can go for so many things. Like some people will not believe that I'm black. Some people will not believe that I'm Hispanic. Mm -hmm. So I know that I have a really diverse look. Yeah. Um, but I just tell people what it is. Like you, if you want to ask me what I am, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna just you. You got time? I always say you got time. You got time. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I just. I don't want to take any part of myself away right, because right. I did do that. I, you know, I know what my stepmother was trying to do for me by telling me I'm a black woman, but then I also the like I, I, I removed, I, I forgot about everything else. Yeah. I tried to become this black woman that I'm not. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm a mixed woman. Mm -hmm. I'm, I have, I'm more than biracial. Yeah. You know, so I, I had to, okay. I'm, I'm an Afro-Latina. What does that mean for me? Okay, I'm an Afro-Latina, but then I'm also mixed with Belgian. What does that mean for me? So I have to embrace all of it. Yeah. You know, like my plans are, when I have a child, my, I want my grandma to teach my kids French. Mm -hmm. My mom to teach my kids French. And then my dad and myself to teach them Spanish mm -hmm. because I want them to embrace all of it. Yes. yes. They want to be Yeah, I want, yeah. Them, I want think them. about all the food they get there. <laughs> right? You know, and I just, it's just one of those things, diversity doesn't hurt anybody. Right. So, like, he's, like, he's, like I don't feel like we have to just choose a side. Like, yeah. we don't. Like, I feel like you need to find out, every, get the DNA stuff. Find yeah. out everything that you are, because you might find out, man, that's why I really like this type of food. Yeah. Because I got, like, 1% Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. You know what I'm saying? Right. I might be having, like, right. I don't and, you know what I'm saying? It, these are these are true things that you just you just never know about yeah. yourself. So I feel like you should just embrace yeah. everything. And then if you have something predominant that you want to identify yourself with for an easy answer, yeah, then fine. But yeah. man, it's 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 you're you are like a manifestation of your ancestors mm -hmm. of yeah. so many different aspects of things why would you want to consolidate it into one thing yeah when you you're just multifaceted yeah don't do that for nobody yeah my experience has been weird because i am considered a black american but my whole life people have been like what are you black no you're not what are you i'm like huh i'm black like my parent my mom my dad like people they wouldn't see my dad so they assume he was white or some other thing but he's darker than me he just has curlier hair than I do, but he's from New Orleans. So then it's like, okay, so what am I? Because people will not accept this answer of me being black. Mm -hmm. So like, what am I? And then I started to do more research about like, that there's a possibility, or well, pretty good possibility that Africans came to America far before Columbus, and that they started to mix with Native Americans. And mm -hmm. a lot of black people are indigenous mm -hmm. 
American. Like, I feel like at some point it became like an insult to say, oh, I'm mixed with Native American, even though every black person in America is like, I'm mixed with Native American. Mm -hmm. But I feel like there's something real about that because where'd they go? I was like, where's all the Native Americans? Like, where did they go? Mm -hmm. And I think that they are in black people. Like, we are the same thing a lot of times. So a person like me wouldn't be a surprise because that's our culture. And then in New Orleans, it's French. It's, you know, all kinds of stuff. But all we know is black. Like, I don't know. And I had to do research to figure out what all that is. So I feel like a lot of us are a lot more mixed than we think we are. Mm -hmm. And most people don't know what an African-American is. Like, what is an African-American? Like, what is that? Because the culture, like, I feel like we're trying to force African on us, which I've heard that there's like a scientist who decided to like, create the back to Africa theory, where we think that we went directly from Africa to here after Columbus, like they brought us over here, but there's a theory that we were already here and they just captured the people that were here and made them slaves. Well, so I mean, there's proof in it though. Like I know uh, at least my great, great, great grandmother was Native American in Alabama. Like they worked on the plantations that my family owned. Yeah. And my, um, even like my great grandmother, like she had long hair yeah um, all, all of the women in my family yeah black yeah long hair grows yeah. like water runs yeah but just the concept like you know no everybody didn't come off the boat exactly some of us definitely were here in here yeah for a very long like i have a and i mean like family. yeah like even like my um my my great aunt and my father like they talk about how like they they know about stuff that don't make no sense to me like how do you know this plant growing from your sidewalk is mm-hmm. what you put on your hand if your if your wrist is sprained like how do you yeah. know that my daddy told me they used to put uh, spider webs on cuts to keep their skin together from scarring. Wow. Like, how insane is that? Did no book teach them that? Exactly. Like, they, they, are, they are innate. Yeah. Folklore, Sable has a great, great, great grandmother saying, like, it looks just like, she looks just like Sable. She has a long black, or white hair, and she looks so Native American. Yeah. But it's like, like it looks just like Sable. Yeah. Just like Sable. I have a great grandmother like that. This is not that far. My my grandpa's grandma had long that is amazing. white hair, mm-hmm. and also I found a picture on my dad's side of a great great grandfather. He literally looks like a Chinaman, and I was like, "That's why I love Thai food." <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's why. That's what I was gonna. Like I was gonna. I was actually gonna say that <laughs> New Orleans. There's a lot of Asian blood because yeah, of, you know, black. All- he looked black, but he looked Chinese. Mm-hmm. He looked Chinese black man. <laughs> Like you can't, you cannot look at somebody and know their culture like Hispanics. Yeah. Like, you, know, you can tell, you know, by the nose, the the shape of their eyes. You can yeah. pretty much get the derivative of their line. Yeah, but black people, yeah, black no, people our eyes are shaped like chestnuts, almonds, slivers, little bitty lines. Yeah, yeah. Like, black people are everywhere. Yeah, yeah. all everywhere. Yeah, like, it's, literally. Yeah. But it's literally the presence of everything. Yeah, but then it's the culture that adds to it. Like how you said, Afro Latino, right? So you have black people in Cuba, they gonna speak Spanish. You have black people in Asia, they gonna speak Chinese, Japanese, and all those other languages. But they're still black. But that's their culture, you know. Like that's the what race. I think that's where the race and ethnicity thing come in. Mm-hmm. Like you, you have your race and you have your ethnicity. But it's like, what is your culture? Because to me, your culture is like who you are. Like what you look like is your race, but your culture is who you are. I like that because they don't say. American African, they don't like you know. It's not a second thought. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's, the, yeah. it's interesting. So I have another question for you guys. All right, bring okay. it. As far as family goes, what do y'all think about 
gay marriage and having children as gays. Who wants to go first? Right. <laughs> y'all all like, y'all ready? Okay, you go first. Me? Well, I'm married, so, yeah, so I, I'm pro-gay marriage. Um, but when it comes to children, I think that children, I think we don't give children enough credit on what they want. I don't think that I'm going to, like, force um, any type of spirituality on my children. Is that part of the question? No, basically, like, as a gay person, what do you, how do you feel like, Being do you feel like you're married? qualified absolutely. as a parent? Or absolutely, absolutely. I mean, there's so much chaos going on in straight houses. It's, uh, it's all about it's all about two healthy people raising a healthy child. Yeah. And there's a whole bunch of sick people out here making healthy making <laughs> making healthy or unhealthy or more or, yeah, yeah sick kids that they gotta fix all the stuff that their their parents you know mm-hmm. condition them and all yeah. that. So no, Mm-mm. a lot of people are raised by two women anyway. Yeah, their well, grandmother, grandma, grandma, grandma. Your mama. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Everybody said that at the same time, yeah. I know. Everybody knows too, like, that's crazy, so. Okay, yep. okay. So, um, I definitely am for uh, us to be able to unite and wed and all that stuff. I'm actually a wedding efficient and couples coach. Um, I've been doing that since we were allowed to. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's imperative that individuals who choose to take that leap um, should have a, a, a foundation. Yeah. Of, you know, solidifying the relationship and the, the context in which they carry themselves. And a lot of times it's like, you know, we can debate that they only let us get married because they knew the divorce rate would be high and they get money from us twice. Mm-hmm. But in reality, you can't have a sustained relationship and incorporating a family. Um, I love that the society that I experience has allowed us to be normalized, right? So it's this, this sense of normalcy and okay, so. I'm gonna go through life and I can aspire to be this great, wonderful thing and do these great things and meet someone and we can coexist and make great things happen and then we can pour these great parts of us into a person. Mm-hmm. That should be the, the process, not, yeah. oh, I'm 30 something, I should have a baby, I happen to be gay, is that gonna be acceptable? Yeah. You know, the questions that I do hear from parents is, how do I combat my freedom of being myself with my child being subjected to hatred and bigotry? Will you teach them? You know, and it's not so much subjecting them too early, quote unquote, to conversation or context, but more so letting them learn how to flow in the conversation and, and own themselves. Yeah. And because we have experienced so much discrimination and hatred and bigotry, I feel that it's a lot easier for us to combat the possibility of our children being bullied as opposed to being a bully because they have no voice at home. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's my take on it. Okay. So do you do you see yourself ever having a child? Yes. Like your own child, or not your own child, but yeah, child. I, I think it, it well, I mean, I'm not opposed to, to natural birth, but I wouldn't be opposed to claiming someone's child that was put before me as my own as well. Yeah. You know, the, the same innate that we have of um, kind of like Avatar, you know, like where our hair touches and we're connected, like just the simplest of, of yeah. embrace that we allow ourselves to give. So you, know, you are mine because you were called to me yeah. as opposed to me going through that process. But I would rather go through the process but still not take away from, you know, the openness that I would get for adoption or even fostering a child to great places. Awesome. Okay. So, <clears throat> uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> My dad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm for I'm for um, gay marriage. Now, uh, the only apprehensive uh, uh, apprehension I have when it comes to the children is that 
I always have this like thing in the back of my head, like I just don't want to taint my child, right? And that's because of my own internal spiritual battles I have, right? And so, but I, however, like I'd be like, I know I'm gonna be a great mom, and I know whoever I marry is gonna be a great mom too. But then it's like, you know, that exposure. But then how you said most of us are raised by two women anyway, mm-hmm. and then it's like I always think about like how do like where would I cut like intimacy like would I kiss my wife in front of my kids you know like all this stuff like these questions come to me like how would I handle it or like it, like now when I have my niece with me it's like you know I, I make sh- like I have this distance because I just don't want her to be confused I have questions when she go home with her mama like mama why you know so that's that's the only thing I have but what, do I think I'm qualified yes do I have all the traits yes do I think I could we have like a loving home the child wouldn't be hurt yeah but it's just that back of my mind like I wonder like what I just like what would be their take on relationships and stuff like that I just don't want I don't want to do anything to damage you know a child because then they have to deal with that yeah so I think every parent has that like in the well not of course not all of that but Mm -hmm. not wanting to damage their child before they can take care of themselves Mm -hmm. which I think is like Straight people ain't been doing that great job either. I know, right? So, like, and I get it because, like, I think that I want to have a child that looks like me, but I'm not trying to be pregnant. So, <laughs> so I'm not <laughs> I'm all about the government. Y'all can take, y'all can take no hands. Take all of them. Really? <laughs> I'll be like, hey. Can we figure this out? Because I'm not trying and to. And this is this is definitely not a stud thing or an androgynous thing yeah. or you know a dominant thing because I know a lot of studs who still have that maternal instinct mm-hmm. and, yeah. and enjoyed the process. Yeah, they're so yeah. yeah. And I know some feminine women that are like, no man, I'm no, yeah, uh-uh. exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. I love children. I don't want to be pregnant. I would rather my white hair child. But I don't, I don't want, want mine to look that. like me. Like, how can it oh, look like me? And splicing, and you can. Um, the fertility transfer for her to be a surrogate and they actually so they recently launched this um, program where lesbians and gay men and transgenders can go through the the process of um, fertility treatment and it be covered by their insurance which I think is so miraculous Mm -hmm. Um, so shout out to people catching up but even like with um, beforehand it was like okay so if you had a medical issue yeah. then your partner could carry your baby. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it was like technicalities. They've been trying to like finagle to the surface. So, but, but now it's a lot easier. So, you know, when you're ready. An egg or something? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So basically like you'd have a peachy baby or they take your egg and they implant it into. So there's um, artificial insemination where like it's like a peachy dish. They take the, the sperm, make sure it's, you know, whatever it needs to be. Mm-hmm. It takes like a million sperm to get just one kid though. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Like wow. one in a million months. Literally, okay. That's but like, so you can go through that process, which is very, very expensive, or you can do intrauterine, which would be uh, maybe like if you have a brother or someone who does favor you, that's how the, the DNA stays yours. There's all mm-hmm. kinds of concepts, but then it's like your uncle baby. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, that's crazy. Uh, no. Right. But, um, <laughs> and then that, that, that is another conversation. It's yeah, like, it's do I go to the cryo bank? Yeah. Is, is my homegirl that I fell out with in third grade? Her son's going to be my daughter's sibling. Like, I have to talk to her again. Like, you don't yeah. know, because like even. The, the, the aspect of what we call beautiful or acceptable, like we, we take away every avenue of just finding ourselves in love yeah. and, and creating love. We want to picture it to be what we find to be perfect. Yeah, I might just find me a baby that looks like me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, you, you said a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh, baby. Well, I, I got this. Well, I 
on something because I heard damage. Um, yeah. Damage the child. And it, it, it really hurt. Yeah, bit. it hurts. It hurt too. because I don't think that anything that we're doing is damaged. Like I don't think I'm damaged. Yeah. Um. So that that word is very powerful when mm-hmm. you said that. Um. But I don't think I I don't think that art like love is not going to damage a child. And I think the reason why I'm so so um understanding of it is my stepmother. She remarried after my father, and when I like was fresh in you know being out just mm-hmm. bringing women around and stuff my my brother was like three or four mm-hmm. and they never had to talk to him about it mm-hmm. it was never like hey he said let's sit you down let me tell you how we just lived mm-hmm. yeah we just lived and now he's 13 and oh my god it's 13 <laughs> And now he's 13 and it's it's never we've never had to have that conversation. Yeah. And if he's ever heard something like that out out in the street, mm-hmm. he thinks it's the most ignorant thing he's ever heard before because, because it's it's, it's yeah. normal, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So I think if we teach our children that it's normal and we don't we don't let them understand that it's wrong. Of course we're going to have to get them prepared for school mm-hmm. because they're going to be there with other children. But if we if we just make it normal like my little brother he made it normal mm-hmm. like my 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 partners even took him to school stuff and was out of school we just mm-hmm. act like it's yeah there's and really it is normal i think it's unfortunate <laughs> that it's not normal but as far as like a child a child feels energy for the most part they feel true, love true. and wherever they feel the most love that's where they're going to want to go to so if you can focus on that part and really just be clear like this is a good environment, a mm-hmm. good relationship, and you build your child up with affirmations and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. My mom, the best thing my mom could have done was teach me affirmations. Mm-hmm. Like every day before I go to school, she is giving me the you're the head and not the tail, you're the you're the knees, you're the, the leader, not the follower. And I, I grew up in all white schools, so I had to deal with the opposite spectrum of, I had teachers bullying me like trying to make me feel like i'm less than and stuff like that and tell mm-hmm. me i'm not gonna make it to this grade or whatever holding me back and stuff it's just weird it's just so weird and so like you we grow up in a weird world and regardless of what kind of parents you're gonna have your child is gonna have to grow up and become who they are mm-hmm. and so i feel like a lot of people overthink like children coming into the world because there's all kinds of ways children can come to the world. But if you can be good to your child, then it doesn't matter what you look like or how you are. So, Well, actually, um, it does. Just not in the context that we're taking it, right? Exactly. Yeah. Because if you look like you become, um, like, so kids really uh, connect with body language. Yeah. Like, you know, in the womb, if you get tense, if you, you know, get uncomfortable, if they yeah. start kicking or they'll get still because they don't know we're in a safe, mm-hmm. in a safe space. Mm-hmm. But like I, I feel like you know kids do gravitate towards the the energies that that feel comfortable, yeah. you know. But not always is comfort like denoted to being still or quiet. Sometimes yeah. being um, assertive and aggressive and disciplinary yeah. is what they're drawn to because they're not yeah. used to structure and order, and and they want that. They they want to be given a guide, yeah. you know, some type of you know factor to stand on, but not so much of a restriction. Yeah. Like if you if you take a child to a daycare and open the door and all they see is colors and toys. They yeah. will go explore and touch everything. You'll find boys in kitchens flipping burgers, 
um, playing with cookies, you'll yeah. find little girls with Tonka trucks, let yeah. them be free to go where they want to. But when you only put them in pink rooms or blue rooms, exactly. and you only restrict them to certain things, then they are limiting the colors True. and what they represent to be of, of what is primary and innate for them. Yeah. And so that's damaging. Yes. That's very true. Like I yes. said, um, again, I'm just trying to just in my mind envision it because I've never. So I think it comes with the status or so to speak of the gay people I saw growing up. Right. So anybody gay that I saw growing up was like sick, you know, because they didn't have their, the right medication they needed or just down and out, you know what I'm saying? And so it was the same thing. I think you said your family told you, like, if you live this life, then you ain't gonna have no luck or something like that. So it's like, I but that's, yeah, that, that's your be choice. I was gonna be on drugs, mm -hmm. I was gonna be promiscuous. Mm -hmm. I literally, like when I first came out, the first person I came out to was a psychiatrist that my mom hired for us after my dad died. So we had a group talk and then we had an individual and literally the first thing I told her was like, I was like, hey, I'm gay. And then I started crying. <laughs> and I was like, I don't want to be this, that, there. All of a sudden, she was like, you could be mm -hmm. like. The and that's same. what it comes with the representation. So, but what a blessing that your psychiatrist was not a big age. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Because you were so vulnerable. Yeah. yeah, I really was. Like, she was the first person I ever. I, that was the first time I ever said it out loud. Mm -hmm. Wow. And I, like, that was the first time I ever heard that you could be a gay person mm -hmm. and have a regular family and be man, a regular human. Be a millionaire. I didn't yeah. know that I didn't know that until like maybe honestly about maybe a few years ago because you know I started opening my circle right yeah. to seeing more like oh can we have gay politicians you know like Warriors, these people who are healthy they not strung out you know what I'm saying they not just out here living a life going nowhere you know what I'm saying right. like dead end life so I'm like okay so that for me was very enlightening like okay okay cool so i can you know what i'm saying do this and then that's why i say we have to have that representation because i had never seen it yeah. i had never seen it and then like and then when i first came out then my life became just like going to the club doing drugs all the time you know what i'm saying so it's like yeah so it was it's needed like it needs to be seen i and feel like we need to have mentor groups yeah. like for I know we have some safe havens for like um, homeless LGBTQIA people, so or teenagers. And so if we had like a mentor program with of older LGBT people who are successful, I think that would be very impactful because they need to see it. Like right. this can be you. Yeah. Like you can grow into this. Like you don't have to go down that path. You don't right. have to work at a call center or sweat all day. Yeah. You can you can run your own business. Yeah. You can be on TV. You can tell people what the weather's gonna be like. Yeah. You don't have to look like them. Exactly. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So I thought about something because I worked at the Covenant House and there's uh with homeless teens. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the people are LGBT. Nine times out of ten, they got kicked out of the mm -hmm. house when they came out or got out. Right? Yeah. So, have any of y'all experienced um, a like being a part of a gay family? Yes. And yeah, what yeah. role has that played in y'all's life? I wanted one, but I didn't get one. <laughs> it's never too late. It's never too I late. I wanted one. So when I was eighteen years old, that sweet mate that I had, um, yeah. we would go to Wendy's on Scott Street, like two in the morning, oh, you know, okay. get some chicken nuggets. <laughs> um, and one night we went and this group of guys pulled up in a car and they were like blurting obscenities, you know, trying to holler or whatever. And I got so defensive and just really angry and I'm cussing like, you know, get the fuck out of face, you know, leave us alone. We don't want you locking the windows. 
And then I go to order and I have a gun in my face. Oh my God. And they were all like, she a dyke, she a dyke. Cause I had a rainbow basketball sticker on my window of my, uh, my windshield. Mm. And I remember like feeling just so stuck in that moment. And then I like, everything's black. And then I see Augie. So Augie is this incredible, incredible being. Like I've known her over half my life yeah. and she saved it. Like she, um, she literally pulled me into glass, you know, and we would meet in these uh, small corners of the library on the fifth floor and talk about certain things and like really coming to know who we are. And I, I, I developed this voice, always been this person. Yeah. But she, she literally pulled me out of it. Well, this was like the beginning of L Word yeah. uh, for those who have seen it. And she invited me to um, meet some friends on a Sunday. Yeah. And so I go to this lady's house so I don't know, but immediately I walk in and there's studs and uh, femmes and women with wigs and makeup, women in house coats, like just people. That's so beautiful. And they've got tables in the living room, couches are pushed back to the wall. There's three tables, dominoes, spades. People are just having a good time. Yeah. I went every week. That was church for me. Wow. And when I my first girlfriend, it was not a great experience. Yeah. I never associated with abuse until after the fact, but it was very much so that, and and they helped me. Yeah, just knowing how to walk into a room and command attention, I can do that when I want to do something. But I never learned how to do it just for myself at a grocery store. I always avert my eyes, look down because I'm so used to if I'm not in the capacity of my family, yeah, I'm not guaranteed to be embraced. Yeah, and so that I transitioned from that, but I definitely feel that there is a responsibility for all of us who are doing well to go back into the well and pull a crab out. Yeah. But at the same time, um, some people found their gay families in the gay club yeah. and some have different, you know, perspectives. Yeah. I know, um, on the panel I was on last week, I wanted to say, you know, I learned gospel songs at the gay club. Hey. Cause the drag queens would, would sing and dance to them. You know what I mean? And that, I wasn't raised in church. Like I didn't yeah. start going to St. John's to 2004. Yeah. So like, you know, two years in college, I'm, I'm in it. Yeah. And I, I know all the words cause we all singing it with them. But like, I was not raised in the church, Yeah. but I grew up here, you know? But, um, but yeah, having a gay family for me was amazing because it was full of women. Like there were guys that would come to certain functions but it'd be like 20 women in this in this townhouse. Yeah. And everybody did something like, man, FBI girl, she was so fine to be. Uh, <laughs> because she was like, girl. like I, I just I loved, I loved authority. Like, you know, yeah. own, own what you're doing. That confidence, yeah. that passion you speak with, it's just, it sounds good. Yeah. It sounds like I can follow you, you know? Yeah. And then um nurses and, and doctors and engineers and IT people and educators awesome. and just people who were who happened to be gay. Right. And and the, the traumas of their relationships and things like we now have, you know, reality shows like um, yeah. Pride Wives, like that it's a reality. Like they have a show that depicts women who look like us, who live mm -hmm. like us, I've who serve like that. us, who do like us and, and I get to be on their show. Like I'm I'm so excited. Hey, but like cool. the um the fact that now we have, you know, leaders in podcast positions, preachers that, you know, spit poems and, and can be honest in their truth, like we have grown. Yeah, you know, and I feel like lot. the families that we have had, maybe everybody didn't have a family, you know, like I did, but our interactions will like come from what I came with, yeah. you know? So yeah, big influence. That's what's up. So have you had a gay family? Um, no, I mean, I had a small one, but I have really good friends. Yeah. I, that they, I can't say that they're like my mom, not necessarily like that, but yeah. I have really 
good friends. You're one of them. Yeah. Yolanda's one of them. My friend Maurice is one of them. That when I tell you, there was times I couldn't go to my family because I was struggling with things that my family really didn't understand, and they yeah. were there for me. You know, what I mean? yeah. maybe not necessarily having to do with being a leg or being of a different sexual orientation, but just needing successful people that are you know gay people that yeah. are in the community one just retired from the air force and the other one is a um teacher trainer yeah and i mean when i say they 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 just yeah you know they, yeah you know, you know it's like you're That's my awesome. sister you know yeah so yeah. yeah yeah i think you're definitely the closest thing i've ever had to like a gay mother and like so uh, you got a baby <laughs> Like I like we met like right when I was coming out, mm-hmm. and when I tell Thank you, God, it's been like uh, ten years. <laughs> it would have been horrible. Yeah, yeah it's been like ten years. Like it's not, it's really it's been like eight years. Probably longer. I think so. It's been a long time. Yeah, I think That's you, why you're were, a mom. you were. Yeah, <laughs> you were like yeah, you're like twenty two, and I was twenty. I know I was twenty. Okay, and I had nobody like no real humans. I was on YouTube watching YouTube videos, and stuff, but that's not the same as having a person to talk to. And we'd be talking on my house phone about all kinds of you stuff. Got a I had a land. That was back in the day. I had a landline. <laughs> Can I talk to Amber? <laughs> <laughs> crazy. Get off that phone. <laughs> Landline, for real. Oh. But yeah, like I, I, it was awesome. Like we had long, we always had long conversations, like hour-long conversations about all kinds of stuff, all kinds of stuff that I was going through. Like you're there, very protective. Even now, like it was just like there'll be years where we won't talk to each other, and they just pop up in my life at the perfect time. Yeah, yeah. And it's just been, I appreciate it. My, my same, same. <laughs> same. She taught me a lot too. Like you introduced me to like the secret and mm-hmm. some the secret. Ooh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and I was and back in the gap. That back was in 10 the years gap. Ago. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Interesting. My baby. Hey, hey, I got a child. Hey, <laughs> I ain't gonna bring that to the stable. <laughs> well, you know what? Down. I have. I, I think I have a lot of kids. I just don't. I don't I don't call them that mm-hmm. but I would have to say like even when I go out a lot of people they're just they just come to me like hey like oh my god like this is going on or this may not be going on or the last mm-hmm. thing I told you and you told yeah. me that it was gonna work out it didn't uh what you told me wasn't gonna work out, it didn't work out. <laughs> yeah. I should listen to you know yeah. and so I feel like I just have that Nurturing. yeah like yesterday Kia had a freaking sinus infection and I'm over here, come here Kia, let me see, it, let me make sure there's a sinus <laughs> infection on her face. You know, like that's yeah. just, that's just me. Like that's very just, I'm motherly, very, very much so. Yeah. Yeah, they said in a past life I had like nine kids. Oh wow. So I How many kids are you trying to have this life? So I did want to have a lot, but um, you know, it's very expensive, especially oh. for lesbian women. So Unless I should be like Octomom. Could you handle that? Oh my god. Right, well, you know, the universe is just you know. But um I Sable said two, I say three. Sable definitely wants to have one. Yeah. And I'll have the other two if she just lets me have that third one. That's funny. I wanna have a boy and a girl. Because there's a lot of people that are like, oh I want a boy. A lot of people just want a boy. I don't know what that's about. But I would like to have a boy and a girl. So I want a daughter. That's it. What you want? Babies. Babies, right? No, uh, that's how I go too. Yeah, little people. So I had a dream. Um, I 
have a sleep disorder that prohibits me from getting to REM sleep. So when I dream, it's more like visions. I had a dream when I was about 20, and there's like a, this long entryway, like the foyer of a house, and all I could hear is little feet smacking on the hardwood floor. Wow. And there's like this little, uh, there are two little kids, they have heads full of hair. I don't know if it's a boy and a girl, they're gorgeous though. Yeah. This big fluffy curly hair. Yeah. And I just remember like that embrace. I've yeah. never hugged anybody and it feel like that. Oh, and I love wow. hugging Yeah. That's what's up. Okay.